And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is the Weighing In Podcast. There's things happening all over. People are getting jumped in the middle of restaurants. It's awesome. You got to love everything that's happening. Fighting in the streets is a good thing, Josh. Look at Life is a fight. You got to be fighting all the time. You're always fighting, and there's nothing wrong with it. And if certain guys want to fight in a restaurant, do it. I speak from experience. Fighting the streets is not the not business. a good idea. <laughs> it's not a bad the business. Spot. <laughs> I speak from a lot of experience, you guys. Okay. Um, no, it's not good. It's not. It's not good. It's Especially not good. when you have kids at home. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh man. Anyways, hey, shit happens. They'll get it all sorted out. Maybe oh. some fines will be paid. Don't move on. But I'm just gonna say one thing. Leon Edwards didn't press charges. Oh, <laughs> look at that right there. Oh, Leon's the no. man. <laughs> I love I love I love I love I love that there's a little bit of beef, but come on guys. I mean, yeah. we should have just figured it out in the cage if you, you have your chance in the cage. That's the, the best a little the best but. part about the sport of MMA and the best part about that cage is you get to punch your opponent in the face and they're yeah. not going to press charges. Yep. You do it outside of the cage, someone yeah. can press charges. That's true. All right. Well, hey, let's get into the fight business first. We'll get into the news later. All the all that TMZ type talk <laughs> later. That's really what it is. We're, it's basically like Kardashian talk is what it is. Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about. about well, first, uh, Dave's put up some new shirts on our WayneInPodcast.com. So go there, WayneInPodcast.com. Uh, there's no code. Prices are uh, basically priced, so you guys can pick up as much as you guys prices can. Prices are prices. <laughs> the prices are good, though. Actually, they're really good. So we've got hoodies. you got crew neck sweaters. Are they sweaters or sweatshirts? Sweatshirts. What you always say thing? sweater. Someone is going to buy that. Expect this hand-woven sweater to come. No. And they're going to be Tomato. very disappointed because of your inability to distinguish sweatshirt. what a sweatshirt is and what a sweater is. Tomato, tomato. No one gets no, it. No, no, it's not. And it's not a potato or a potato. <laughs> what? No, it's a okay. sweatshirt. Since Josh says that British people like it most, we actually call them jumpers in Britain. So oh, jumpers. okay, jumpers. Oh, whatever Jesus. those are. So we have sweatshirts. We've got hoodie sweatshirts. We've got uh, all different colors of shirts. We've got our old original logo, which is our OG logo, which I actually love. And then, um, you know, we've got our beast mode shirts. we got the new hindsight is 50-50. That is up. And then we also have the new and still that David worked effortlessly on. And that is up as well. It's WayneInPodcast.com. Yeah, tirelessly, effortlessly. Yeah. Effortless, effortlessly? Not effortless. That means it was well, very another, easy for him. There's another Joshism. <laughs> yeah, he worked so hard. It was effortlessly. <laughs> it was effortlessly, Tyler's tirelessly. There you go, you guys. I'm just I'm so, so I'm, a, I'm so good I'm, at my job. But it was effortless. Uh, and there you go. There you go. See, Dave knew how to flip it, flip the script for me. <sighs> All right, guys. WayneInPodcast.com. Also, hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel as well as all of our audio platforms. They are growing. It is. It's getting big, John. The audio platforms and the listening has gotten a lot bigger. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, of course, which we are still trying to get in touch with Spotify to get us put up as video. I don't know if that's even possible. I know that Rogan is on there, but I understand that Rogan is I Rogan. Don't so think things you could apply put us a little differently to Joe Rogan. Of Joe Rogan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am not putting myself in that category as Joe Rogan, but come on, man. Let's come on. Let the rest of us get some love. Um, no, but I understand. I would love to be on their on their platform in a video form. So, if someone has a connection with Spotify, can you guys reach out to us and uh, let us know? Because we would like to there, hold on. Do you think there could be a, a singer or some type of artist that is on Spotify that gets mad at us and maybe wants to pull their stuff no. as we're shut down? I think we'd get uh, shut down. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's probably true. Yeah. All right, hey, let's talk about one uh, one championship. They've got a show coming up. It's the same day as the UFC, but it, obviously because of the time change, I believe it's in Singapore. Yep, Singapore Indoor Stadium. Yep. So that is um, happening, which is nice that Singapore is having indoor events because they were one of the most locked down uh, countries in the world for the longest time. Uh, Misha Tate was living over there working for one, and she's just like, "Look, I love working for the company. I love being here." But she's like, "But it's just Can't too much." Do it. It's too hard. It was way too hard. You know, I think she had a new baby at the time and it was just too difficult. So I think that her and her now husband or, or fiance have moved back to the States. They're Johnny Nunez. Training. Johnny Nunez. And so 
Yeah, but I mean, Singapore was one of the most locked down areas. But you've got Angela Lee. She is making not her return, but her second return, I think is what John was saying. It's her second fight back since having a baby. And she is fighting Stamp, which is Fairtex Stamp. Stamp no, Fairtex, however you want to. Fairtex. Yep. So she is a stud on the feet. This should be a fun fight. But this is a throwback style fight. You've got Jiu-Jitsu person versus Stand-up person. Yeah. This should be a fun fight, though. Realistically, it should be fun. Angeli is a stud coming back after having a baby. She is still young, still really good. Her younger sister is also with one who is yeah, really good as like well. 17 now. Yeah. Her brother is also or was the former Christian champ Lee. at 155, Christian Lee. He's a stud as well. The family's breeding them right, whatever they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> just just killing it, man. I mean, so overall, um, I'm excited to see her fight. I'm excited to see her back in the mix. And this should be a fun fight. Well, ladies and gentlemen, March Madness has officially begun. And guess what? They've got all your betting odds at mybookie.ag. And we had the UFC tonight fight night over in London absolute barn burner of a fight it was amazing and i gotta tell you there was plenty of fights for you guys to put down some money make some money and the same thing with march madness been a couple upsets already iowa going down in the first round absolutely amazing but go to mybookie.ag use that promo code wayne and you could win a little extra spending cash and if you use that qr code right there they'll give you a little extra money for your first initial deposit okay because of big john and i using our using our promo code wayne in you guys Hit that mybookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne in, use that QR code right there for your first initial deposit for a little extra spending cash, and hopefully you guys can make some money at mybookie.ag. This is a throwback to, look, Angela Lee is a dynamite grappler, mm-hmm. and you want to call her Stamp Fairtex, Nung Stamp, whatever you want to say. She's mm-hmm. a dynamite stand-up fighter, very good Muay Thai, great kicks. So it's really the question, can she keep it on the feet? Can Angela get her to the ground? Whichever one is able to keep the fight in their domain, they're the one that's going to probably win that fight. Exactly. Uh, you got Adriano Morales, uh, Morales. He's also on the card. He's the guy that actually He beat. actually knocked out DJ. Yep, which is crazy insane. Now, look, I don't want to put too much on. I understand the knockout was a knockout. The rules were different. He, he needed him in the head when he was on the ground. Those are the rules over there. Yeah, but he, and he meant to. And he meant to. He this is went. Very to true. The, he made it happen. So it was a beautiful technique, legally done. That's part of the rules for one, and it put DJ in a position he couldn't go on in the fight. Good job, John. I'm having I'm having a little bit of a hard time though with the one on how they're doing their weight cutting. I don't understand it. Do you understand a little bit more? Yeah, I understand it. I understand because what they what's killing what me. they've decided to do, but. What's killing me, though, is that, like, it seems like these guys are so much bigger than the ones that have fought That's in the U.S. promotions. Are. That's because they are. And so how how are they doing it, though? That's what I want to know. Why do they seem like they're so much bigger? Because they are. Let's just be honest. What one decided to try to do is to take the fighters and introduce them into what a hydrated athlete would be as far as the technical numbers associated, they gave them instruments that they could test themselves. And they were told that you need to be within this range when we weigh you as far as hydration and weight. So the extreme weight cutting as far as the dropping of you know, fluids from your system, like you'll see with fighters out of the UFC, Bellator, PFL, they can't do it the same way. Now, they can lose a little bit. They can do a little bit with it. But you've got to be a hydrated fighter when you step on the scale. They will test you to make sure that you are what they consider a fully hydrated fighter. Once you have tested that, yes, you're fully hydrated, you can now step on the scale and you have to weigh within your category. Now, your category is different than what the unified rules are. You know, we we look at a lightweight as 155 pounds. We look at a welterweight as 170 pounds. One is saying, look, let's just be honest. Josh Thompson, when you fought, you weighed in at 155 pounds, and by the time that you walked into the cage, you were 170, 171 pounds. Yep. Okay. And so they're saying, all right, we're just trying to get rid of that. We don't want you to cut that weight down and then to gain it back. That's not healthy. We want you to maintain a healthy weight throughout, weigh in, 
you can weigh the 170 pounds. So that means that you, a guy that normally walked around at 171, 72 pounds, you would have to lose two pounds of weight. How hard was that for you to do? That's a half yeah. hour of you moving. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that. that's what their athletes are, that's what they yeah. try to do. Now, is it perfect? Now, there's no perfect in anything, but it's a great attempt at trying to keep their athletes healthy from dehydration. No, I understand what they are. I get that part of what you just explained. I understand okay. that. But right. why is it then that DJ looks so much smaller than Adriano Moraes? And the same, thing with, <laughs> the same thing with with the guys that Eddie Alvarez is fighting. I'm like, these guys look huge. Because like, they are. The They're Oak? big. They yeah, are Oak. big. But how are they weighed the same? Or why are they, in the, are they in the same weight class? They are in the how? same weight class. And they're, they're weighing close to the same amount. It's just that you're used to seeing... Let's 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 be honest. DJ is uh, five foot one, five foot two. Yeah. All right. You, you might you might be uh, blessing him with an inch or two. Maybe you know, and, <laughs> okay. and so you know, but that's you know, it says five three. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll say we'll say he's five three, okay. but Marais is five eight. So first yeah. off, he looks bigger, and then when you you know you get into it, should be that DJ kind of looks like the bulkier guy, but he doesn't. No. Rice looks like this more heavily muscled guy and stuff. And and this is just part of, you know, that they give a range. And they're, look, at there's not an athletic commission there to sit there and say, Burp, here's the numbers, this is where we're cutting it. You have the promotion that's in charge of their weighing system. And as long as they say, yeah, we're going to allow that fight, then that fight's going to go. And then the right. fighters have to agree upon, you know, that's that's – that's what you signed up for when you signed with yeah. one FC and you know it going in. Yeah. I just think it's, I see that when I look at the weight of Eddie Alvarez, I'll give you another example is, uh, Sage Northcutt when he fought Cosmo, Cosmo was oh, a I lot know. bigger than him, eh? a lot bigger than him. I mean, like, uh -huh. and when I saw them, I was like, damn, they don't even look like the same. They don't look like the same weight class. How is that no. possible? One looked like it was a welterweight. One looked like a middleweight. Yeah, and that's exactly what they were, it seemed like, when they got in the cage. Because after he got hit one time, it was over. You know what I mean? Like, it, that made me feel like, okay, the, there's something going on that's not the, it's not, it doesn't seem right. Like, I, I don't know. I almost, I feel like there should be this thing where, and I said this, I, I think you were there. Were you there at the, at the, no, you weren't there. Yes, I was. Were you the I, one down in yeah. LA when yeah. I was there? Okay. Yeah. So that, that there is when we talked to the commission there in California, I said, hey, I think the best way to do this is to, if you're fighting at 55, no matter what, you can't exceed the weight class above from the t for, at the moment you fight. Mm -hmm. The only problem is, so if I can never fight over 170, That's then right. you only have guys really, if they are going to cut, they're going to cut one pound right before they have to fight, which is basically shadow boxing in the back warming up. All the ones that are like a Khabib and an Islam, those guys would have to go to 170 because there's no way. The amount of weight that they keep on the amount of weight they put on after they make weight is like in the 76 to 78 range, you know? And so they'd have to go to 170. Now they could probably go up to like whatever their natural weight is when they fight. The same thing though with like Usman and whoever else is, you know, those other guys, uh, Kamaru Usman and those other guys at that weight class at 70, they'd probably have to go up in weight. I've always just felt that way. Is the best way to regulate the weight cutting situation is if you fight at 55, you can't exceed 170. The only issue that I have with it is that when you get to like 185 to 205, that's 15 pounds. But then you go 205 to heavyweight, it's like. I hate to tell you, 185 to 205 is 20 pounds, dude. 20 pounds. There you go, Josh Thompson math. Okay, you know what I mean? So I, wasn't I was gonna thinking, say I was thinking I had 70. To. I, know, I was thinking 70. Someone's going to say something about, man, will you. You guys yeah. don't understand what weight No, is? I was thinking 70 to 85, yeah. Yeah, 70 to 85 is that's a 15 yeah. pound. Yeah, but I mean, like, so that's not, that's where it's not fair, is that if weight classes were every 10 pounds, like you go 70, if you went 55 to 7, or sorry, 55 to 65, 65 to 75, 75 to 85, you understand? But then when you get to 95, you can't do it because there's not enough talent to do it that way. You know what I mean? So I, I understand the frustration. Um it just it gets me a little. I, I see guys like DJ, right? He's not a big guy to begin with. Then he looks like when they when he fought Adriano, he just looked so much smaller. The power was definitely a deal. The speed, the reach, the range, all that stuff was it seemed like a, definitely a big problem for him. Same thing with Eddie Alvarez. All the guys when he fought Oak, he looked way smaller than Oak. Uh, he when, he fought Voy when he fought Foy Long, he's smaller than Foy Long. 
you know, when he fought these guys, I'm like, damn, they're they're a lot smaller. Why are they supposed? They're supposed to be the same weight class, but they're not. And so, I don't know. I I just feel like it's not. I know it's not a perfect science, but something's wrong with it. It doesn't seem, and it seems like it's favored the fighters that have been already there. Yeah, that's the thing that kind of like the ones that are already there kind of favors them. So anyway, uh, overall though, you got uh, Marais fighting. Uh, how do you even say his Waka Matsui? You've got. Demetrius Johnson is also on here as well versus Rotong. So Rotong is good. He's good on the feet. He's like I've seen him fight in terms of like, um, like they've done like uh, exhibitions. I've seen him do exhibitions there in Singapore. Um, but he's he's tough. He's good. Um, unless it's a different one that I'm thinking of. No, he's he's tough and good. But on the ground, yep. DJ has a distinct advantage. Yeah, yep. but he's got to get the fight to the ground. It's, DJ's fast on the wrestling. He's got good wrestling. He's got good transitions for the submissions. You know, he's a dog on top. I mean, but the size. About, I get. How, I go back to the size. How about Shinya Aoki against Sexy Yama, sexy baby? Yama going Sexy Yama. He's That's what I never. Like, I want to. I, I think the first time I watched Akiyama fight, I, thought, I think he was a light heavyweight. Then he went to middleweight, and now he's a welterweight. Yeah, fighting Aoki. Yeah, Naoki's well, called did, him out. We were you were talking about. He called him out big time. So yeah, I wish you could pull. It. Dave, can you see if you find that video? There's a video of him literally talking shit to him. Ooh. Yeah, he's like, I think he called him a coward, something along. Yeah, something like that. He's like, that's <laughs> that's another level of for Japanese to say things like that. It's ooh. Yeah, so, but it, overall, like, I think that's gonna be a good fight. Naoki's got to get him down. Akiyama, yeah. like, he's he's gonna be touching him on the sexy. Yama's gonna be touching him on the chin. It's going to be hard to take down. And him on top, is I know, is going to be dangerous if he gets him against the fence. Oh. So it should be a fun <laughs> fight, man. It should be fun. And the two of them, they've obviously had words from before. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. And then it, I think it's going to be a fun fight. There's, I think for the Japanese fans, I think for me, just being a hardcore old MMA fan, Oki's been around a long time, yeah. you know, and... Is so it he's a sexy Yama. <clears throat> no, it's it's just recently. That's how this fight all came to fruition. They they had the trash talking. So will you keep uh, looking for it? We'll talk yep. about the uh UFC card. I'll tell you the part Super that's cool. amazing to me though is I mean, obviously you you've been around and, and known Aoki for a long time. We're talking he's about fifty five fights into his career. It's <sighs> crazy. That's amazing. I was supposed yeah. to fight him two or three times. Yeah. Yeah, it just never came about. Yeah, he's been fighting. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, it, he's just so good at one area of expertise in the ground. Oh, yeah. He is nasty his good. His ground game. Yeah, his ground game is his, and the way his body is shaped. He's tall, long, and lanky. He is that guy who just he starts working on the legs. He's got good ankle locks. He's good with his triangles. He's good with his arm bars. He's good at taking the back. He's good at getting everywhere. And his, his body style helps him get to that position with the way he uses his legs as leverage to kind of lock your position down. He's good, man. He's uh he's, his chin's a little suspect. It's been suspect for a while, but um, but he's he's definitely good in terms of you know making sure he doesn't take a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been finished a couple times, but overall, he's finished a lot of people in all of his years of fighting. I remember the last time I saw him get finished, I think it was against Ben Askren. Yep. Oh, here's the call out right here. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, I'd like to hear it. How long of this can we play without? I, I, I don't know if you can hear it because he's going to be speaking Japanese. Uh, yeah, that's from true. one. Um, do you want me just to read it off as he as he says it? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and read it off. All right. So he says, "I wake up and I train. I wake up and I work. I wake Come on, up. Dave, keep up. I, I try. I try my heart, John. <laughs> try my I heart. Realize it. I didn't that realize enough. it changed. <laughs> I, I wake up and I work. Uh, I try my hardest every single day. I've had enough. Living is full of suffering. I've had enough of this life. I've tried my hardest in martial arts and after fighting for 20 years, I've realized just how lonely this is, but still I continue fighting. On September 6th, there was an offer to fight. Why did you decline the offer? Come on, say it. Don't lie. <clears throat> he's exhausted. That's why he's so slow. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. He's calling. Say he's looking. He's, he's going over to the cage, over to the opening, calling him nothing, out. Nothing to laugh about. Come on, say something. I mean, sure, many of you know this by checking social media. He's looking right at Sexyama as he oh, says. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Sexyama is the commentator. The reason I've declined is I tore a muscle. That He says that doesn't matter, along with the doctor's <laughs> orders. There were factors, other factors, uh, that went in declining the offer. And as for me, it was very, very disappointing. I believe a martial artist should be standing in the ring and putting on fights. Now they're like, yeah, they're talking to each other. But unfortunately, after many tests, I was in a position where I couldn't do anything but decline. I'm aware of the inconvenience this has caused for many people. Yeah, so they've been waiting to try to put this fight together for a while, huh? I mean, so, I mean, they're literally like having a conversation. Yeah, oh, yeah. At, yeah, at the end, towards the, I believe it's like there was a segment though that I saw. Basically, he was yelling at the, he was yelling, saying like, you know, basically called him a coward and said like, hey, you know, like, why aren't you taking the fight? He called him a. He said something about there was it was asterisk asterisk asterisk. So he must have called him a, a bad yeah, that, word. That passed already. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, look, All right. they, it's gonna be a good so, fight once they do. Once so they do apparently. Aoki doesn't like him. <laughs> he plays a pretty good hill, though, John. No, he I mean, does. I gotta be honest. He's, you know, he's he's grown on me in terms of a hill. So overall, he's always been a heel. It's two legends, though. Two legends in the sport are gonna get in the cage, and I gotta I gotta try to find a way to make sure we watch this. When when you this go is... and you break someone's arm with a kimura, mm -hmm. just shatter it, and then stand over him and double bird him. You're yep. not. The the, you're not the crowd favorite as far as being the mascot. <laughs> not in Japan. <laughs> oh, you can't do that in Japan. I expect everyone to like you after that. They uh, think it's very disrespectful. Exactly. Interesting. Like, he like pointed at him and like made laughing noises and then like gave him the double bird. Yep. Uh, I remember that. All right, well, let's get into the UFC. Let's do it. Let's go. Chris Dawkins against Curtis Blades. Is this a heavyweight fight you want to see? Come on, I, I think so. be honest, John. This is what I think. Do I? If you were to say, "Let's have Chris Dawkins first fight Curtis Blades," I'd say, "Yeah, I'll hard pass." Okay. Like, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't interest me. But, but to be fair, this is another one of those throwback fights that I could see basically being a good fight. All right, now we want to talk about something that's really important, important for you personally, and definitely important for your family and even friends, and that is butcher box because feeding your family is one of the most important things you can do putting good food on the table having things that are healthy for them well butcher box brings all of that to you the benefits of buying high quality beef meat fish chicken pork it cannot be understated you need to understand when you are buying sometimes from the store you're getting a lot of hormones a lot of bad things that are put in there this is all grass-fed meat, all highest standard chicken. This is the best of the best. I'm telling you, I get Butcher Box, and I love what comes out of that package. First off, it's sent to you. It's clean. All the meat, you look at it, it's beautifully wrapped, beautifully taken care of, and it's all still ice cold, ready to go if you want to unfreeze it. I'm telling you, this is the way to go if you are going to feed your family quality food. Butcher Box will take care of all your problems because sometimes you go to the store and what you want is not there. I'm telling you right now, I love ribeyes. Ribeyes are unbelievably good. And so when I get my ribeyes from Butcher Box, boom, T time for what I call the reverse sear. The reverse sear is how I do my ribeyes. I take them, I put them in the oven 10 minutes put some butter on it, little seasoning, take them out, throw them in a scalding hot pan and sear each side for a couple of minutes and you are talking about perfection. But the best part about butcher boxes, not only can I do that ribeye for me, I can go and put salmon on the same grill, same uh, oven and pan for my wife because they have fresh salmon, they have chicken, they have pork, everything that you want. Each box contains about eight to 14 pounds 
of meat. That's a lot of meat, depending upon the type of box that you get. And it's packed fresh and shit frozen for your convenience. This is the way to go if you want to sustain yourself with the highest quality meats, everything that's there. This is your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again because right now, if you order with ButcherBox using the promo code of weighing in, you will get two pounds of free ground beef for life every time you get a new order. Every time you order, that is two pounds of ground beef for free. You're talking about free meat. How can you go wrong? This is the greatest thing ever. This is your chance for someone just to give you something. So I want you to go to butcherbox.com slash weighing in and get two pounds of ground beef for free with every order that you have. This is for your lifetime of your membership. So ButcherBox is offering this to our listeners and it's an addition to $10 off. That's two pounds of free ground beef for life and $10 off of your first box. Log into butcherbox.com slash weighing in to claim this deal and use that promo code weighing in ButcherBox. There's nothing better. If Dawkins can keep this fight on the feet, he's got a good chance of winning by knockout. Okay. And if Curtis Blaze gets the takedown, he's got a good chance of grinding this out, potentially getting a ground up pound type finish. Darkest is better off of his his back, okay, than Curtis Blades is on his feet. So I think Darkest can outstrike him on the feet. Curtis Blades got good stand-up. Don't get me wrong. It's not great, but he's got good stand-up. That fight happening on the feet is going to favor Darkest. And when the fight hits the ground, if Darkest is on bottom, he's going to be, he's pretty good at getting up. He's got pretty decent submissions. He's going to be a little bit of a hard test for, for Curtis on the ground, but Curtis obviously has the advantage. So I look for... Curtis to do some work. If he can slow Dawkins down with the takedowns and grind on him and grind on him in a five-round fight, because what Curtis has, he's got good cardio. He, he can, can go. Yeah, he can go. He reminds me a little bit of, um, of uh, oh, Corey Anderson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he reminds me of Corey Anderson a little bit. You know what I mean? Bit. I think Corey's gotten a little bit better on the feet than he has, uh, but, you know, Different weight class. I'm not different weight class, but uh, yeah, different yeah, weight class. Yeah, different weight class. <laughs> but yeah, but but I think Curtis. Curtis gotten good. He's gotten a little bit better on the ground, on the feet as well. But he's good on. He's good wrestler and he's a good grinder. He's got good cardio, and that's what you need to, if you're going to be a wrestler in this division. Look, he's so, probably one of the best wrestlers in the heavyweight division. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Give me another one. He's only had. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't. The heavyweights don't I really have he, a whole lot of. No, I would say Stepe. Stepe <laughs> matches up, you know, as far as the wrestling and stuff. But yep. uh, Aspinall's getting there, getting there. Yeah, his Using transition was well. smooth from the strike to the takedown. Looked really good. Yeah, so that was. But I, I, there's only been two guys that have beaten Curtis Blades. Two. Yeah. Okay, now the, the the knockout by Derek Lewis was, I mean, vicious and awesome. Two or three. He's got three losses. Yeah, but. Lost to Francis Ngannou twice. Ah, I gotcha, gotcha. So he's only had two guys that have beat him. And, and my whole point is both of those guys have massive power. Yeah. Massive power. And so I look at this fight and I go, Dawkins is good on his feet. He's, he's got good movement. He's a more he's more of a volume type of striker. Um, you know, he sits there and he just puts shots on you. But all those shots that he's putting on him, he's going to end up getting into that clinch. And is his wrestling good enough to keep him in the standing position? That's the real question. I'm not, and I don't know. It might be, but it's going to be tough because Blaze can wrestle, and like you said, he's got a gas tank. He can go. The only time I ever saw him get kind of tired was when he fought Volkov, uh, you know, in that five round fight. But you know, that can happen. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of different scenarios and why, but this it's a good matchup. I really like Chris Dawkins. I think he's a fun fighter to watch. He's got you know he's got good stand up. He's got good movement. He's got good footwork. His ground game and his jujitsu is is not bad at all. So it's an interesting fight. I I do like it. I think the whole card that they have, you know, if you start when we start going down the card, there's some there's some cool fights in this card. Yeah, I got a lot of flack, I guess, for saying it was a sneaky good card last week. And I'm like, it was one of those. They're like, what are you talking about? It has a bunch of names, a bunch of names for for UK people, okay? <laughs> but they're they're not big names in the sport. I mean, like, 
they're, they're good. They were good fighters, people that are making their way up, but they weren't like a Mazdal, Colby Covington. They weren't they weren't those type of levels of fighters. They weren't a Kamaru Usman. They, they weren't that level of a fighter. No. So when I say a sneaky good card, it takes two fighters to fight. You know, and so when you see when when I was looking at last week's card, I'm like, don't just don't just look over it real quick and be like, oh yeah, there's no big names on it, you know. And so that's why I called it a sneaky good card, you guys. I mean, it, and it ended up delivering. It was a oh, fantastic was card. Yeah. But also, Josh, you wouldn't go into it thinking this is going to be an amazing card that it turned out to be, right? It's kind of yeah. your point as well. Like that's why yeah. it's sneaky good because it snuck up on you. Yeah, yeah. It, like and that's what I was trying to say. Like there was names and stylistically, the matchups were there in that in last week's card yeah. and i think we're going to see a little bit of this too maybe it's definitely not as deep as it was for last week's london card but this fight this card also has a couple good fights on here as well you've got four or five on here that i'm like john oh, yeah. and i were talking before we came on and we're like this is going to be a good card this has the opportunity i don't think to i don't think it'd be better to, than london to, that's no, gonna be hard. Be better than that was london. a great card but it was stacked deeper it was deeper yeah. they wanted to go back to london they want to go back overseas and, and deliver a big card, which they needed to, because they, they've got, you know, they have Patty, they've got, you know, other other fighters that are trying to make a name now for themselves. They want to go back into London with a splash, and they did. They did exactly what they did. Yeah. Nice work. Uh, this card here, Curtis Blades and Dacus, I think it's a good main event. I don't think it's a great main event, but I no. think it will shape up to be a good fight. I agree. You know, and when it comes down to styles, the styles make matchups. One's going to be sprawling and brawling, and the other one's going to be trying to grind for the takedown. But Curtis will stand. He will throw some strikes. Dawkins doesn't have knockout power. Sure, he's gotten some drops. You know, he's got some knockouts on his record, but he doesn't have one crunch Derek Lewis and Ganu power. So Blades, even though he's been fit, like with Derek Lewis, even though that's happened, it doesn't mean it's going to happen because of Dawkins. You're talking about guys that have one crunch power. That's a difference. And so this should be a fun fight. A little scrap back and forth. Whoever can implement their game plan is going to win. Now you've got Joanne Wood versus Alexa Grosso. Alexa Grosso is, I mean, outside of being absolutely gorgeous. She's like, you know what I mean? But, you know, I'm just is saying. That, is, just saying. Is, is, is this your, your, your level? She can scrap. Yeah, she can scratch the good she fighter. She can scrap, yeah. you know. And, and Joanna Wood, she can scrap. I was, I'm getting, I'm call her Calderwood, but well, look at what she was Calderwood. I know, just I wood. know, I know. Now I should call her Wood. Yeah. So, <laughs> Joanne Wood, but, Joanne Wood. But both of them can fight. This should be a fun fight. I look at it this as be. being one of those scraps back and forth. That's gonna be. One. But, but John, the, the next one, that's the yep. one. Matt that's Brown one. against one of my favorites to watch. Brian Barbarina. Oh, Brian. you skipped one. You skipped oh, no, one, no, John. no, no, no. Did I? Yes, you skipped <laughs> oh, the other one that I'm I think sorry. is going to be the fight of the night. You can't go to the next fight. That's I like can't. fight of the night. I can't. I like the Matt you Brown. You go Barbarina, Brian Matt Brown. I'll talk about the better fight after. Go ahead. Okay, you can do that. I agree. That's a, I talked about it. That's a great fight. Great matchup. Yep. But if you're talking about fun, Matt Brown against Barbarina is going to be great because they both go for it. Both of them are tough as hell. I think this is... One of those fights, I just look at it and go, that is a fight I pay for. I love that fight. See, and I feel the same way about the other fight. With Askarov and Kai Carfrance, I feel the same way about that. Kai Carfrance is going to sprawl and brawl, try and let the hands go. Askarov's going to walk him down with big punches and just wrestle fuck him to death and just put on some big ground and pound, but he's going to throw yep. big shots. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be some exchanges on the feet that, that – Ascroft's got power. He's going to come forward. So does big France. Shot, and so does France. And I'm like, this should be a fun fight. One is more of a slick style stand-up guy, and the other one is more of like he will take a shot to deliver a shot as well as utilize his wrestling and his his positioning. This is going to make for, I think that's going to be fight of the night. has the potential to be fight of the night, but I'm no. not going to disagree with Matt, you. Matt Brown and, and Matt Brown that's will be a good fight as well. It will be a good fight as well. Those two fights to me are going to steal the show. Um, now Latifi versus Olenek, I think it's, it makes for a fun, but you don't think so. It's like, it's going to be, a, it's a knockout or a submission. I'm just looking at yeah. it that way. Latifi's got power. He can, he can hurt. You know, Olenek is just not fast and it's part of, you know, he's, his standup is pretty plotting and yeah. his chin is not as good as it, you know, once was, yeah. and it doesn't take as much to hurt him. And, you know, Latifi's got power in his hands. He's strong. But if yeah. the fight hits the ground, even if he's even if Latifi's in the top position, 
he needs to be careful because Olenek is slick and he will pull off a damn submission. He'll use that Ezekiel choke. He'll do all kinds of different things, baseball chokes. He does all kinds of good, you know, great submission technique. And he's strong as hell. I can tell you that. The dude yeah. is a boa constrictor. I've trained with the TV. How are you going to choke that neck? There is no <laughs> neck there, John. That guy has no neck. He's, he's just like a, I don't want to say butterball, but he's just like a little ball no, of he's muscle. Like a, he's like a block. Yeah, you it's you can't move him. He's strong as hell as well. He ain't as it's strong as Olenek, I'm just telling you. Okay, he's maybe he's not as strong as Olenek, but I think he's he's definitely he's any younger. He's a lot younger than Olenek. Yeah. Olenek's what, 44, 43? He's up there. He's up there. He's slowed down quite a bit in terms yep, of his striking, his wrestling, trying to close that distance. He's 44. Like I there you go. So he's 44 years old. You know, he's 59 and 16. That's a lot of damn fights, Joe. Damn straight it is. <laughs> Jeez, and Latifi is fifteen and eight. Do people? I got a little trivia question. I know you know it, but do you guys remember how he got into the UFC? Yeah, last yeah. minute replacement in Sweden yeah. as the main event um, f- for Gus because Gus got hurt. That's right. And who did he end up fighting? Come on, dude. Oh, I totally forgot, John. <laughs> I forgot who he forgot. <laughs> Look at his first fight. Yeah, his first fight. Oh, Gegard Mousasi. Hello. <laughs> not a fun fight to get no. right off the bat, but yeah. No. But, but I he really went recall the, it was he went the distance. He went the distance. He's hard Tough to finish. Gay, but Tough I dude. also feel like, you know, Gegard, he fights to his level of competition. He does. You give him somebody who is not on his level, sometimes he gets him out of there. Sometimes he's like, Yeah, why am I gonna take the chance? <laughs> and he was yeah. In that fight, I think he was dominating the fight. He just was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna keep cruising. Anyways, all right, but that was a little throwback knowledge there, which I didn't know the full answer to. That's why I pulled on pulled on John's <laughs> brain cells. <laughs> it was like, yeah, but hey, John, the fight. Honestly, I know you like Jennifer Maya, but I'm gonna skip that fight real quick. I'm gonna go right to the other fight that I think is gonna be a sneaky good fight: Max Griffin versus Neil Magny. Oh, yeah, it's a great fight. Max Griffin That's is gonna be fun. Is the the real question? Max is a, is faster than Neil. I think he's got more power than Neil. I think Neil's got the better gas tank, and it's better not that, fight IQ. Not, I, I agree with you. Not that Max doesn't have a gas tank, but he does tend to step on the accelerator and kind of put himself into a deficit and has to come back from it. Where Neil just keeps that pace and just keeps on coming. He's like a tidal wave. It's just more of a flow that just keeps on pushing you back. So, but it's a great fight. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I think I do think that on the ground, Neil has an advantage. Yes. You don't think on the feet either with that reach? Like no, that, I actually think I, I think Max is on, on the feet. I think he's a. Uh, I actually give him an advantage on the feet. Not that Neil's not good. It's just that Neil doesn't have the power to stop yeah. Max. <clears throat> see, I, I look at Max having the advantage in the first round, but as he slows down, yeah. Neil's going to keep touching him and touching That's, him and touching. I him agree. Back. That Nick and Nate Diaz style of just yeah. frustration of like, yeah, that's Neil Magny's when I don't want to. That's Neil Magny's whole freaking mo. Yep, man. making fighters fight with their back foot on that in that against the fence, making them more tired, not making them fight when they don't want to fight. That's what he does. He does yep. it just like Nick and Nate do, and it's super frustrating for a lot of fighters. And they start to gas out even faster. And Max, he's going to be a stud, I think, for that first round, round and a half. But as that fight goes on, if it does hit the ground, Neil's got the advantage on the ground. And I think as the fight goes on, he's got the advantage on the feet because that power with with Max, he'll Starts throw to dissipate. it. He will dissipate, but he'll still throw it and load up. And if he misses, it's going to go away even faster. So, and it's hard, it's gonna be hard for him to cover that distance throwing that kind of heat because he's gonna load up a little bit more. Because Neil Magny's a long SOB, yeah. So, but overall, tall, like I said, guys, this card should be kind of a good card. I mean, there's a couple fights in here, you know, that people aren't gonna know their names because I don't know their names, John. And uh, (laughs) and I'm just being honest, but the, the fight, the fights that we mentioned, like, I don't understand how, um, scroll back up, please. I don't understand how the Kai Car France fight is not the co-main event and Askarov fight. How is that not the co-main event? You have two guys that are ranked like number, I don't know, I think they're like five and six or four and six or something like that, I believe. How That's are they good. not they the co-main event? There. I don't yeah. know. 
because you, you got to figure Askarov is Cara Francis coming off with the knockout over Cody is six, and Askarov is two. Askarov is two, and yeah. Kai Cara Francis is number six. six. Yeah. That, <laughs> but you know, here's the thing: Bellator does the, somewhat the, sometimes the same thing. I'm like, what are you doing? You've got two. Like we had, we had a fight on I think on the last card that was in the um, there was two, I think it was two females, I believe, right? They were I think they were ranked in the top. No, maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, but I know we've done it before in the past. I know we've done. Oh, John, yeah. you're asking me to remember where my keys were yesterday. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. But overall, guys, so uh, make sure you guys check out the UFC event this weekend. It, you know, like I said, some good fights on the card. John and I uh, broke it down for you guys. Kind of keep an eye out mm. on on some of these guys. Uh, enjoy. All right, uh, Dave. Let's get into some news. All right, let's get into some news. Um, so the first right. piece is the big one that obviously came out um, in the last couple of days here, and it's to do with Colby Covington and George Masvidal. So, <laughs> you know, they went five rounds with each other, um, and here we are, post-fight, in the streets of Miami, uh, trying to, still trying to decide who the king is. Um, <laughs> George Masvidal reportedly wearing a mask, uh, sucker punched Colby, cracked his tooth, and now faces felony charges let's get your reaction i look at it a couple different ways john um there's a lot of people that say they would do something when you talk about their family and talk about their kids or do something to their family and their kids and there's motherfuckers that people that will actually do it yeah and that and that's that's what the difference is i mean people will talk about it and there's people that will do it and so I think in this situation, it's it's a shit situation for George because you just took yourself from being a draw. You know, I know you lost your last fight to Kobe. I get it. I understand the frustration and all those things that come with it. But you think by you think by doing six months in jail or three months in jail or paying a hefty fine, doing all those things, possibly community service, taking you away from your kids is going to be worth it. You think your kids are going to care in ten years? They're not going to care. They're not going to even know who the hell Kobe Covington is. So when you get into these like these kind of things, it just it just takes time. Being stuck in being a part of the fight business, you're still involved in it. I know that George has come up a different way than a lot of other people, you know. Um, so that maybe that a lot of that has to do with it. But in this situation, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think I don't agree with what he did. I don't because there is a chance he may get slapped with some time for this. Because from what from what I read was that he was wearing a hoodie. He was wearing a mask and he walked up from behind him. That's dangerous. Like, it's just dangerous, John. I mean, if he would have knocked him out like cold and he hit his head on the concrete and died or anything like that, split his head open, you'd be looking at something that it's just not worth it, man. You True. think your kids would you think your kids would care more that you beat up somebody that said something bad about them? Ooh, or do you think they'd care if they want their dad around? That's the difference. Like you gotta you gotta start weighing those things out. I mean, over it, words. I I'm say, not gonna. I'm not gonna say too much about you. Touch my kids. That's a different that's lifestyle. Different. Yeah. <laughs> that's my my kids will remember that, you know. And so, but when you're they they will remember the fact that you didn't do anything, you know. And this situation is different. Like words. Yeah. Nah. I, I don't. I don't know the circumstances of what really happened. I don't know yeah. if you know if Masvidal did come up behind him and sucker punch. I don't know. All I know is not good no. I, I know you i know you can be upset with someone and what they say and you know the whole thing of like you know king of miami gives a shit you know there is no king of miami i'm just telling you it's not colby and it's not Maz at all you know it's like there's no point to this that's going to work for you in a way that you can tell me it was worth it it's not going to be worth it you know and yeah. uh colby you know in, a, in certain situations it's almost like what you said does can Colby press charges? Sure, yeah. But you know, do I think that you know Masvidal is going to get a whole lot of you know uh, time thrown at him or anything? No, I don't. Especially, at least I do think it's good that he attacked a another fighter. He didn't attack, even though he's just an average citizen when he's on the street like that, and he shouldn't be attacked. So it's just too bad. Shouldn't happen. Yeah, but John, we talk about this. I think I've said this a bunch of times when we when I was talking about Stephen A. Smith. This is the type of shit you gotta be careful about. 
because there's there's like I said, there's motherfuckers that will do this. Like you say something like this about about Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz. They see you in the elevator, George Masvidal. You see like there's certain fighters in not just in in that are just fighters in any organization. They don't sleep on them. Don't don't think that just because you said something on in the media that one day they aren't going to run into you and, and hold it to you. And that's what's scary. Like you guys. Be very careful about how you take that next that next level of talking shit. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't agree with I don't I don't think George should have went out and did what he did. I, no. I want to make sure that's clear. No. But I also don't agree with Colby and and the the style in which and I didn't agree with certain other fighters that did the same thing. Oh no, when Chael did the whole thing with we, Jenna Jameson, talked oh, about yeah. Tito. That to me was that was cross the, the line, top, man. Cross you, the line. There is that line, and, and and you should know it. And you know when you're stepping over it. And, and it's been done by a lot of guys. But once you once you step over that line, you're breaking the code of, look, you can go after the person all you want. You know, Josh, if you and I were fighting, you could say whatever you want about me. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I can say whatever I want about you. doesn't matter. But I don't bring your family into it. I don't yeah. bring your religion into it. I don't bring those types of things because that has nothing to do with this fight. It has nothing yeah. to do with what we're going to do. And you and I are the ones that can settle it. It can either be real or not. Sometimes it is real. Sometimes it is not. But it's words. And when it's you against the other guy, and so what? You say, yeah. And I, I would tell you, you know, if we were fighting, I'd say, dude, say whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next. Well, and if you want to talk about who the real king of Miami is, anyway, um, Conor <laughs> McGregor was given the key to the city of Miami. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Year, so. I'm sorry. So, so you know, until someone, until one of those guys beats Conor, oh, Conor is the king of Miami. Yeah, so both of those guys are oh, talking geez. shit about King of Miami, and, and in slides, Conor, Conor McGregor. <laughs> I love if it. If I was Connor, I'd be showing up to their next fights with the key around my neck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh. Anthony Smith um, was called out by Anklev and uh, Paul Craig, and he says yes to both. Who do you give him? Craig. Ooh. Really? Craig Paul Craig. Yeah. Yep. Why? I don't I don't think he beats Anklev. Not right now. I think he needs a couple. He's got... He's 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 ramping up. Smith is. He's doing better. I think he's had a couple of good performances as of late. But I think the Paul Craig situation is a, is a perfect fit for him. You know, I like Anthony Smith and I like Paul Craig. So do I. But it, I think it makes for a great fight. The Uncle I fight. I think uh, I think it's a really tough road for him. Yeah. Hey, don't be wrong. I mean, he needs to make him run for the title. I mean, I think it's if you want to get if you want to get to that title shot sooner, go right ahead and do it. But I think I think a couple more wins, a couple more, uh, you know, chances to win. I think that fight is a 50-50 chance. You know, him and Paul Craig, it's a 50-50 split on the feet. He's better on the on the top position. He's got his probably he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah. He's good. He, he's, he can do some work on the top. Sure, he could probably knock but Paul Craig out from the top. But he yeah. needs to be, we just found out he's got to be very careful from the from the top position. And on bottom, I don't even think it's close. I think he I think he gets worked. Oh. He's underneath you know him. I mean? Trouble. Yeah, if Paul Gregg's on top, it's not going to be good for for uh, Anthony Smith. But I think I think Anthony's he's good on the feet. He's good enough. He's way better than Paul Craig on the feet. So the two of them mixing it up on the feet, no good for Paul Craig. Him getting the takedown is going to be not going to be as easy as people think. Anthony Smith is not going to fall down to his back. He's going to defend the shit out of that. Yep, I so, agree. But I think Paul Craig's a stud, man. We saw last week, and he is dynamic and explosive when it comes to his submission, his attacks. That armbar triangle game is on fire. I don't think I've seen a better one in ever. You know, in terms of I, in the cage. I the honestly cage. think the fight I'd rather see is Anthony against Paul Craig. I would rather see yeah. that than Anthony against Ankaliyev right now. Yeah, that's the fight that I think would. So you be agree? Fun. I agree. Nice. I do. Very nice. Nice, nice, nicely put. Well done, Josh Thompson. Yes, I do I, think that's you know. that's the fight I would rather see right now. I want to let all the fans at home know that, see, sometimes John does agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) The great minds think alike every once in a while. (laughs) It's nice to have you on my level, buddy. 
<laughs> can o- I can only stay there so long. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, you've been slumming it too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, or, sorry. <laughs> All right, Dave, what's next? All right. Uh, and some big Bellator news. Uh, Sergio Pettis is out of the Bantamweight tournament. And yes. Juan Archuleta steps in um, and fights Hafion Stotts for the interim title. That's Rafion Stotts. Oh, got to say I'm pretty it, sure right? you've said both, John. I have never said Hafion Stotts. Hafion. It's like he's like he's Portuguese. Hafion. Uh, Hafion. <laughs> uh, ah, look, you know, the, the, I thought it was good when Bellator actually put Sergio Pettis and Stotts together. They're they're teammates, but you know, you you got to face them sometime. I thought the first round was actually a good call. Sergio ended up. Uh, being injured he has to have surgery he's completely out of that tournament which kind of puts a little bit of a, a damper on it in the, in the sense that there is no title that's going to switch hands possibly throughout but we'll see what happens you know you still have the actual grand prix title and then you take a look at this right now sergio sergio uh is going to be replaced by someone we'll find out who but Juan Archuleta against Stotts, you know, both come from a wrestling background. Big difference in speed. Big difference in speed. You know, Stotts is a faster fighter than Archuleta, but Archuleta is a guy, you talk about a gamer, a gutsy dude, a guy that brings a pace, never stops. That's the guy. So I think it's still a great fight. I look forward to it. I think Sergio did a very smart thing. <laughs> said i'm gonna schedule this uh surgery right now which is perfect timing like i mean yeah. look he'll still be champion he can fight the winner when they're all done yeah. uh my thought is that i believe that they will probably have an interim title that starts off maybe for this fight you've got Juan archuleta you got stats they're basically like i think ranked two one and two or two and three however you want to call it they will fight for the vacant or not the vacant but the interim title that title can change hands throughout the tournament. Whoever ends up with it at the end will be the Bantamweight World Grand Prix champion as well as the interim, interim champion. champion. And they will fight they will fight Sergio Pettis. Okay. I Good think call. um, you know, I think that's pretty much what they that brings a little bit more of the excitement to make sure the interim title goes long. And we're gonna find out who the best bantamweight is in the world in this tournament until Pettis is back. That's really what it's gonna come down to. Yeah. You know? It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Like Stotts is a stud. Uh, everyone I've talked to, because Stotts is over it was over at um, uh, Extreme Pro Tours. Yeah, he's over there for a little bit, and he was uh, also down at some places down in Houston area. He's been jumping around. Everyone's been talking about how great he is. Like he's legit. He's the real deal. And I'm like, I said I knew that. I go, but I wanted to like give me some details. And I'm like, no, no, he's the speed on the feet, the wrestling, his wrestling. They're like, he doesn't get enough credit for his wrestling. His wrestling's really good. And that's what that kind of concerns me a little bit for Juan. Yeah. Because Juan's got good wrestling, but he, he doesn't have Rafi, yeah, he doesn't have Rafi on Stotts level wrestling. Where I think he's gonna be able to push on Stotts is in a five round fight. He's gonna have to push Stotts to that level. Push One that thing pace. he's got is cardio. Yep. He's got good cardio, the way he changes his stance. But what he where he kind of lacks, whereas TJ Dillashaw doesn't, where because they're training partners and the way they switch their stances, they mimic each other very well. TJ has more output. He puts the combinations together better. He goes striking to the to the head kicks, to the body kicks, to the inside leg kicks. He needs to be more active like that if he's going to have success against Stotts. He's got to really get Stotts guessing on where he's going. So Stotts has to revert to basically utilizing his wrestling. Because if you're switching your stances a lot and, ch- and changing up the combinations from the striking of the hands, mixing up to the head kick, that's going to make probably Stotts a little uncomfortable. That will probably get him back into utilizing his wrestling, which is now becomes a more one-dimensional fight for you. Yeah, but you're going off of God. It might have been was was his loss to Pettis his last fight, Archuleta's. I believe so. Yeah, and but you got to look at it and understand he broke his foot in the first round. That took away all of that changing yeah, of the movement, the changing of the stances, his ability to do things, his ability to push off. He could only push off when he was in one stance. So you take a look well, that that did have an effect on him. We'll see what we'll see what happens. You know, the one the thing driving I give on him, the takedown. The driving on the takedown against the fence. Yep. If you can only use one foot, one leg, you know, to drive Slots. into him, that's that's hard to get the takedowns. It is. 
So, you know, I think it's a great fight. Obviously, yeah. when you're taking a look, Juan is the guy, you know, coming into this. He's already held the title, a little bit older and uh, not as fast, but he does have a gas tank. And, man, he's always in shape, and he always comes and pushes the pace. I think it's a fun fight still. I think it's it, it's a good matchup. Bill Our question did a good is, job though, switching it up. who replaces uh, Sergio? Ah, that is the question. Josh who Hill? Sh who should it be? Josh Hill or should it Josh be Hill? Lugo? No, Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Yeah, Lugo's not ready for these guys. He showed me his last fight. He's not ready for these guys. I like Lugo. I think he's a talented fighter. He's not ready for this level. He's there. He's in that top seven, eight, whatever he is. But if you look at the rankings, I think Josh Hill, he's fought the better guys. He has. Um, the better competition. And he's ready for this upper level of competition. I think I think he could, depending on who they match him with, because now it's not it's not going to be Stotts. So who does he get then? So He's already uh, fought Stotts. Yeah, so they are, they put they put Juan in there. Juan was supposed to fight somebody else. I think Juan was supposed to fight Horiguchi. So he's probably Patchy Mix is fighting Horiguchi, I believe. So now Patchy Mix is fighting Horiguchi. So who's the other guy that's left? You got Gallagher. You got so Ego. James. And who else am I? Who am I? Oh, Magomed. Uh, yeah. So then, so then Joshua will have time to prepare for Magomed. Oh, lucky Magomed. him. <laughs> Yeah, lucky him, <laughs> poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Interesting. All right, well, Josh Hill, I think I think he's going to be the replacement. I don't think Jornel Lugo uh, in that spot, not just yet. Yeah, I agree I with you. they're going to use Josh Hill. Be smart. I can see it. Smart on their part. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. So right, you're going to have Providence, you've got you got James Gallagher fighting Higo. There you yep. go. There's a little beef there, too. <laughs> that SBG yeah, you know, slash I, 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 I'll tell you this James Gallagher is maturing as a fighter James Krause is doing a great job with him because he's yeah. been in Kansas living in Kansas working with Krause and his crew and he's basically he has Krause in his corner and he go better not come in with that I'm going to knock you out attitude you know going for the big shots not going to work yeah. for him he needs to fight a smart fight to get a win against Gallagher. Yep, I agree. Next. <clears throat> All right, last story here. Uh, we have an official title announcement for Bellator in Hawaii. About time. Juliana Velasquez versus Liz Carmouche. Juliana Velasquez versus Carmouche. I mean, Liz looked absolutely stunning in her last fight. Yep. Great knockout. Yep. That's what she needed to catapult herself into this title talk. But, man. Juliana Velasquez right now is on fire, undefeated. What is she, 12 and 0? 11 yeah. or 12 and 0? I think she's 12 and 0. 12 and 0. She's, she's good. A stud. She's a judo. She's a strong. What, former, former judo national team, correct? National team in judo, but likes to stand up and fight. But likes to stand, stand and up. Fight. Fights long, keeps her opponent at the end of that reach, doesn't back up. You know, is smart when she does and circling out. She, she's a good fighter. Yeah. Very sharp, I, very aware. I look at her though. Is that I I criticize her a little bit as someone that I love the way she fights. She just needs more output. The more output, I think she can get fighters out of there. Yeah, she's so dominant and controlling controlling these fighters and making them fight where she where she wants them to fight. My concern is that she does not doesn't have enough. She does not using enough output to get them out of there. She has them rocked. She gets them pushing backwards. She does whatever she wants on the feet. She can get them in trouble, sometimes drop them, but then doesn't let it all out to get them out of there. And that kind of, as a champion, you want to see them get those finishes because that's what she should be doing. She's dominating a lot of these females that are that she steps, that step in the cage with her. That's how good she is. Oh, no, you're so, absolutely right. I think her biggest problem is she knows, ah, I'm winning, and she's yeah. comfortable with it instead of at times saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this. And yeah. You gotta have that. You you gotta have that. That that's a huge part of showing people that not only am I the champion, I'm the person that you don't want to get in the cage with. Mm -hmm. I'm a killer, and she has the ability to be. You know, she's a beautiful person, sweetheart of a person, but you need to be a killer when that when that you know gate closes. It's time to go after your opponent. So. Yep. I, I feel and that's the same what way Liz, Liz did in her last fight, which I was very impressed with. Yep. 
she Liz wasn't doing that, that before, and then no, we, she we got on her a little bit. Yeah, we did. Well, that's yeah. you know, and it's like you got to be honest with people. You know, sometimes people get all upset when you when you actually speak the truth to someone, but it's what they need to hear. And it's this is this is not about I don't like you. This is not about I'm putting you down. This is about hey, this is what I'm seeing. And this is what I've seen in this fight and in this fight and in this fight. Yeah. And you got to change it. You know, you want to be this person. There's only one way that that's going to happen and this is the way it's going to happen. And yep. You got to be honest with them. And I thought Liz did a fantastic job and she didn't do it because of what we talked about. She did it because she went out there with an attitude of, I'm going to finish you. And yeah. she went out she and did, did it. Yeah, She did. All right. Anything else? Scott. Um, let's just comment on this last thing. This came out uh, a little bit later um, in the day. Uh, Paddy Pimlet revealed that he made 12 and 12 for his UFC London fight. I don't know if it was the only second fight, but, you know, uh, wow. it sounds like he kind of he did make a, another comment that he wishes he was making the money that some of the other guys were making on now. Yeah, I saw the breakdown. I think it was like um, Molly McCann made like 132. And then um, <clears throat> a couple other fighters, what was it called? Aspinall, I think, made like 380. I mean, that's a pretty good number for for Aspinall. 380s. He's a heavyweight. It's pretty, yeah, I know. But, John, he, he was barely top 10 at the time he took this fight, I believe. You know what I mean? I don't even know if he was. I think he was number 11. Maybe he was number 9. Anyways, he was somewhere in that mix. He's going to jump to number 6, I think, now. Something like that. Somewhere down in that mix. 7, 8, somewhere. <clears throat> yeah. But he, like, I, but that's, that's, that just goes to show that heavyweights get paid more for not being as talented as, as well, the lighter guys. Let, let's be, <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. You guys should all know me by now, right? I'm going to always say that the heavier guys always get all the love and the lighter guys always get shit on. You know, let, let, let's go to a couple things here. I, I got a, a lot of people talking about what I said about Patty, you know, that I want to see him fight better competition. And that I'd seen him fight actually better competition in Cage Warriors. I will say that Patty gave up or told the UFC no on a contract and re-signed with Cage Warriors because he said, I'm not ready. I don't believe I'm ready. And I want it when I go there. I want to be ready. And I thought that showed a lot of maturity when he did it. And now that he he's gone there, if he's making twelve and twelve, he's fighting the right guys. Yeah, I'm just gonna be honest and say it. You know, I would be wrong if if that's what he's making is twelve twelve, and, and I'm surprised that's what he's making. But if that is what he's making, then he's fighting the right guys because this is about if you're getting paid a low, you know, salary as far as you know what you're making to go in there and fight, then your caliber of competition shouldn't be, you know, some of the, the better, you know, guys out there because you're not getting paid to fight those guys. Those guys are dangerous. And that's, you know, that's part of like what, you know, Sugar Sean O'Malley has talked that's about exactly. and stuff. And, and I don't, I don't blame them at all. You know, I don't know what every guy is making. And I did not know what Patty was making. And if he's getting the 12 and 12, I know he got, I think he got a $50,000 bonus, but that means nothing. That's not part of his uh, thing. He gets the money, but that was no guarantee. And so, hey, at 12 and 12, take on all the guys that they give you at that level. Yeah, Build I your record. That's, that's good. That's exactly what you guys, I think, if you guys are listening to this show, you guys should understand that he doesn't need to fight barn burners. And we've oh, talked not, about Not at 12 and 12. Not at 12 and 12. And that Sugar Sean O'Malley, the same thing. Like until he gets a new contract, keep fighting the guys they're gonna give it give you in front of you to get the experience, the the cage experience, just the experience against different levels of competition, and get in there under the bright lights and be like, hey, this is my home. I feel comfortable here. Until you've gotten in that cage, you don't understand how many times how it takes it to is. get in there and feel good. Oh yeah. It's like, okay, but when you show up at a new like say I've I've fought in every promotion around the world. Every time I've Still gone different. That first one is just different. And the second one still kind of feels a little different. You start to feel a little bit more like home, the second one. At least you've By been that there. third fight, yeah, that third fight, you feel better. Like, this is my spot. You know all the staff that works for that promotion. You know, you know, wherever, like, people that are helping you. In different, you know who's picking you up at the airport. You know who's weighing you in. You know where you're signing posters. You know what's expected of you. Exactly. You have a routine on how things are handled that makes you feel a lot better fighting for that promotion. Yep. He's only on fight number two. 
He's got a lot of growth. And people are like, oh, no, he's never going to break the top 10. You guys, don't ever say never. Because at the end of the day. <laughs> he's a good he's, fighter. He's 27 years old. Yeah. I said, I said they're going to slow play him for about two years. I just said that on the last show. Give him two years. You know how good of a fighter he'll be in two years in terms of his maturity and the way that he's going to progress because of his confidence of getting wins over fighters he should be getting wins over? That's going to make him mature a lot faster. Okay, I'm going to work a little bit harder. I'm getting these wins. That's what you hope to see out of your young talent. And I think he's somebody with the amount of support that he's getting from all the other people in London and all the other people in the UK that he's, he seems like someone that's got his mind set on how he wants to be, how he wants to control his career. And I, I, I'm pretty excited to see the progression. Do I think he'll be a champion? I don't know. Do I think he'll be in the top three? Do I think he'll be in the top three? I don't know. I could see him definitely being in the top ten. I can't say if he's going to go further than that. But that's because that and, – and when you get to that top ten, John, we've said this before, you're talking about 1% really separates from number eight to number two or number one. It's yeah. like 1%. And it really depends on who shows up that day and who has the better night. I mean, sure, it's different in different weight classes, you know, like heavyweight from the champion down to down to number 10. There's a big jump, you know, but you get into these lighter weight classes from 55, 45, maybe even sometimes 70. There's not much of a jump. It's maybe one, two percent of level and skill and and, you know, and talent. Yep. It's not much. Oh, I mean, no, he, he's, he's right there. Yeah, you're talking about very small percentages are the yeah. difference between you winning and losing at that level. And, yeah. you know, like I said, I know that he had turned down a contract with UFC so he could get more time, get better. And if he took this contract saying, look, I'll take less if you give me less opponents, and that happens all the time, and there's nothing wrong with it, it is the way of building people, then that's fine. You're going to get guys that go in there and say, no, I want, you know, I want to make this, and they're going to tell them. Then you're going to have to fight tougher people. Okay, no problem. And sometimes yeah. that's a good call. Sometimes it's not. You know, and we could talk all day long about people that have made those decisions. They've been right. Some <laughs> yeah. have been wrong. That's just the way it is. So, yeah. You know, I, I look at that twelve and twelve. I whoever they give you, I don't care. Yep. No, I agree. Anything else? Dave. Uh, no, that's gonna wrap up for this week's uh, midweek show. All right, that wraps up the, uh, like Dave just said this week's midweek show. <laughs> this, this week's midweek show. Go to the Wayne In Podcast for the merch that we provide. The Wayne In merch is available. We have the hindsight is fifty fifty. The Joshism is up, and we've got the and still and hashtag and still. still is up as well. That's a pretty dope shirt, Dave. You did a good job designing that yeah, one. And the hindsight like fifty fifty is obviously a comical one, which I'm gonna have to order as well. But uh, yeah, they are up now. We've obviously, obviously, we have hoodies, uh, crew neck sweatshirts. We've got all different colors of shirts as well as our beast mode. Our uh, OG logo is up. And uh, I want to thank you guys for continuing to support us at WayneInPodcast.com. Check out the merch. Thanks, guys. And also hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, all of our audio platforms. Subscribe to us. Listen to us in the car when you guys are driving to and from work on our audio platforms. Don't watch us on YouTube. All right? Watch it. Listen to us in the car. Don't get distracted. We want you guys to be safe, <laughs> as John always says when we leave the show. And I want to thank you for continuing to support us. And uh, thank you. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. To everyone out there, thank you for listening and tuning in. We hope you enjoyed we are here to entertain you, I think. Go out there, do something good for somebody. Take care of yourself, and we will see you.